Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is sponsored by Hero Power. Support clean energy at no extra cost. Go to MyHeroPower.com and in less than two minutes, get Green E certified renewable energy certificates. They'll match 100% of your electricity use. Never pay more than ComEd rate. Your bill doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. Plus, get $25 off your first bill just for helping us fight climate change. Go to MyHeroPower.com. MyHeroPower.com. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, May 6th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors. As well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Thanks to those unions for sponsoring this show. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. That's correct. Benny J, it's our brand new segment here on the program. Give us our requested song of the day. Our house is a very, very, very fine house. Fine house with two cats in the corner. Meow. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Wednesday, May 6th, and live from Ben's house, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. And now your host... Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Morning in America Wednesday, and here's why. That's morning spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, as in we're morning. Morning in America, as in the name of an advertisement that some Republicans, anti-Trump Republicans released yesterday that has got Trump going ballistic. Ballistic. Okay, uh, Monroe Anderson and I were talking about this a little while ago. Monroe's right, and he's fired up to talk about it. Listen, I think it's so appropriate that I talk about Morning in America ad because Republicans who hate Trump 
are trying to show Democrats how you run a campaign. And you know, this is one of my favorite themes, uh, folks, the difference between Democrats and Republicans and the way they go about politics. Republicans play the game to win. Democrats play the, I don't, they play the game so they have a career afterwards that, on Wall Street. So they don't want to offend anybody. I'm going to take care of myself when I leave office. Republicans play to win. Democrats play to get a career on Wall Street. That's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. But now you got a group of Republicans who cannot stand Donald Trump. And so they're playing the game to win. It's like, I kind of find it refreshing. Morning in America, that's the name of the ad that they came out with. Uh, we're going to be talking about that a lot with Monroe. He's fired. Because you know what? Monroe Anderson's a Gary boy, Gary, Indiana. He plays the game to win. And he gets a lot of our Democratic uh, mainstream types get a little upset when Monroe comes on talking trash. I think uh, we should be more respectful. More partisan. Less partisan. I mean, more bipartisan, nonpartisan. Come on, Democrats. So sick of losing my beloved Democratic Party. Biggest bunch of wimps I've ever seen. Anyway, let me talk about Republicans. I wanted to call this segment Jerk Off Republicans. Hey. But Dennis. <laughs> Can you not do that? <laughs> you, <laughs> Good Lord. Okay, let me just tell you something about my uh, beloved partner. Uh, this young man got his training in AM radio. And in AM radio, you're not allowed to swear. In radio, in general, you're not allowed that to swear. That is correct. Okay, let's just say in radio in general. And we came from a station, I can't remember the name of it, where they were like really nutty about this. Remember, you know, uh, don't swear. Anyway, <laughs> Trump himself said, himself said he was going to grab women by the pussies. He said that. <sighs> and remember, they were like, don't say it. You, I then they who didn't you remind me that we had Danny uh, Milopoulos on once and yeah. he, he he spelled out the word he didn't even say it he spelled I went out spell the word he said S H I mean you're allowed to say shit we can say shit all right we can well, let's that's about as all you know you cannot say it on AM radio I know and that's the great dilemma one of the most popular shows in my life right now no the number one show is Shit's creek how are you going to say that on am radio d huh how, at the old station how are they going to say it uh, that's saying s with the asterisks anyway went on a tangent there but i wanted to call him that and then i said no don't call him that yeah that's so how about jerky Republicans? Is that better? Well, you already named it. <laughs> it's morning in America. I know. I was <laughs> just thinking about how it. Uh, I was all, you know, I was thinking about it because it, you threw that curveball at me. I like it. I like taking requests from the listeners. That's awesome. I like that bit. That's, that's good. Way to go, Pat Rod. Shows off my amazing range as a great singer. Oh, it doesn't do that, <laughs> but it just makes for good content. But I was going to sing Cool Jerk. You know that song? Oh, no. Cool Jerk. Come on, people, Kuja. I love that song. I think it's by the Capitals. Don't quote me on that one, anyone. I All like right. our song of the day better today. That was better. Uh, our house. Our was house. Good. Yeah, okay. But I like Cool Jerk, too. Anyway, anyway, let's get focused, Ben. Focus. What I wanted to talk about, Republicans playing the game. They don't mess around. Uh, man, The this story on the front page of the New York Times... I got to give Elizabeth Williamson and Rebecca Ruiz credit. Fast rise for McConnell protege to cusp of a powerful judgeship. Talking about this young judge. He's think, what is he, 37 year old? Judge Justin Walker from U.S. District Court and Western. Judge Justin Walker. <laughs> I know. 
it does sound like a country singer, doesn't it? Oh, we got uh, Judge. You don't want to. You don't want that guy being your judge, Judge Justin Walker. Uh, hang him high, Judge. <laughs> Unless, of course, the defendant is Donald John Trump, and then in which case, hey, oh, come on, Judge Justin <laughs> Justice Walker. Judge Justice Walker. Judge Justin Walker. He is from Kentucky. He is a protege of Mitch McConnell. His mom is a friends with Mitch McConnell. Also. Oh, Curious, not curious, I should say, that McConnell uh, would nominate him to fill this vacancy. Before we get to this, let's just talk about the interesting distinctions one more time uh, in judicial nominees uh, as portrayed by uh, Mr. McConnell, Senator McConnell, Mitch McConnell. As you recall, Barack Obama, when he was president of the United States, uh, had a vacancy to fill. What was he about? Year, the end of year 2015, almost a year ahead of the, uh, dem- the election of 2016. Uh, Scalia died and there was a vacancy and... Barack Obama nominated Merrick Garland. Love talking about this story. Merrick Garland. This is how Barack Obama viewed the world. He goes, well, let me see. The Republicans hold a majority in the Senate. They control the whole process. I know what I'll do. I'll name a middle-aged, middle-of-the-road, moderate, white judge, white male judge. No Republican could object because he is nonpartisan. That's right. They'll play the game by the rules. If I elect a judge that's kind of in the middle of things, they'll come over just a little bit from the right to meet me halfway because that's how we play the game when it's fair. And Mitch McConnell looked at him like he was crazy and said, fair? There is no fair. <laughs> that's how he would say it. <laughs> say it, I play to win. <laughs> I'm playing to win. You tell you, you play to run around and lose weight. I do play to run around and lose weight. <laughs> that's that's, that's I, McConnell's attitude. I know the players in the game, Billy. That is a, <laughs> not Mitch McConnell. It's an old guest on the show, and we'll let it go at that. Uh, <laughs> I know the players in the game. Anyway, so uh, Mitch McConnell, of course, as you all know, uh, denied uh, Merrick Garden, Garland even a, a hearing. Wouldn't even allow him to come before the Senate. Uh, He said that it was so close to the presidential election that he wanted the American people to decide. Remember that? He wanted the American people to decide uh, who uh, got to be the next nominee, uh, excuse me, the next Supreme Court justice, because, of course, whoever got elected would fill, would nominate a candidate. All right. So fast forward. Here we are. There's a vacancy on this uh, all important D.C. uh, uh, court. And uh, is Mitch McConnell waiting until November's election? No, no, no. He has uh, nominating, is pushing to the front. This 37-year-old man, let's see, what's his name again, D? Judge Justin Justin Walker. Walker. Uh, Judge Justin Walker is no moderate. He's no middle-of-the-roader. This is is in no way an attempt uh, to placate the Democrats to show that Mitch McConnell is thinking of someone that Democrats can accept, someone whose uh, judicial outlook uh, would be, you know, at the very least nonpartisan. This guy is an ideologue. This guy is a Republican, essentially a Republican operative. Uh, His hero is Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, And let's just take a look. Uh, There's some of these quotes from when Judge Walker was... uh, 
sworn in at the U.S. District Court for Western District of Kentucky in Louisville. Here are uh, some of his quotes. First of all, he thanked his mom. I've got to hand it to you, Mom. It's been extremely important to me that Kentucky's senior senator is Mitch McConnell. His mother is a friend of Mitch McConnell, so a little nepotism there. Uh, Then he turned to Justice Kavanaugh, who was uh, swearing him in, as he addressed the justice liberal opponents. Quote, what can I say that I haven't already said on Fox News, said Judge Walker, who gave 119 interviews to the news media and several speeches paid for by the Federal Society rebutting Kavanaugh's critics. Quote, in Brett Kavanaugh's America, we will not surrender while you wage war on our work or our cause or our hope or our dream. Waging war. This guy sees himself as a soldier in Donald Trump's army. Uh, so, so much for the notion that justice is blind, so much for the notion that justice is without bias. Uh, this guy is clearly a team player on the Trump team. He closed with a broadside, this goes back to when he was uh, sworn in, against the American Bar Association, which had given him a rare, not qualified rating for his absence of courtroom work. Hold on, got to go to the next page. Bear with me. It's a newspaper, D. There we go. You see that list, uh, newspaper listener? Yes, in the old days they could see the newspaper, but we'll be back. We'll be back. Right, D? Uh, although we are... Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't, you're right. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be in this attic forever. <laughs> Locked in the attic. Uh, Locked up, can't get nuded. Sorry, anyway. Although we are winning, we have not won. Although we celebrate today, we cannot take for granted tomorrow or we will lose our courts and our country to critics who call us terrifying and who describe us as deplorables. So he's still fighting the 2016 election, deplorables. That was Hillary Clinton's great contribution to the election. Remember that one, D? Oh, a basket of them. Yeah, they were deplorables. Uh, anyway, this is a little funny aside in the paper. You know, everybody wants to be poor. <laughs> really? Not That's really. news to me. Not when they're in their life. But they want to come from humble, poor origins. You ever notice that, D? Mm. Like nobody, like people, like the they won't say they grew up. Let's say in I don't know. I'll pick any suburb that come there. Naperville. You ask them where they're from, they go, "Oh, I'm from Chicago." Oh, really? Right. Yeah. What high school did you go to? Oh, I went to Naperville High. Well, wait, that's not Chicago. Well, it was the tough side of Naperville. I once had a guy tell me I came from the tough side of Wilmette. I'm like, what? What's the tough wow. side of Wilmette? Uh, you don't want to go there. Yeah. Tough side. <laughs> it's the west side of Wilmette. On the other side of the Edens. I, like, heard, I heard they don't wear bike helmets on that side of Wilmette. <laughs> They're nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's the non-bike. I know, that's like the distinction in some places. You know, it's sort of you're like, kid, you know what? Kids who don't wear bike helmets grow up to be adults who don't wear masks. Think about that, D. In the middle of a pandemic. Uh, masks. That's for wimps. I can beat up. That's just a, You can't even see that little virus. It can't mess with me. Come on. <laughs> I'll beat that virus up. People who don't... Uh, kids who do not wear bike helmets grow up to pe- people who don't wear masks. That anyway. We, we are not scientists. Judge. We don't know that. <laughs> Which part? That whole helmet to mask thing you just laid out. I think it sounds pretty good. I actually think it sounds pretty good. He's not a doctor either, guys. Uh, judge, a sociologist. It's a sociological observation. Uh, ju- did you read the story in the paper about the guy in, what was it, DeKalb, who got so mad about being asked to wear a mask that he like, pulled a knife out? Did you Holy read that one? Cow, yeah, no. no. Tough in DeKalb, man. 
Uh, but I will not make any kind of comment about being a deplorable. All right, D? All right, there we go. Shout I out to all our DeKalb <laughs> listeners. Get us some corn. We're going to be there for Corn Fest, huh? Let's go. Can, for 10 trivia points, what frequent guest on the show? Peter Jenko. Nope. <laughs> Neil Muhammad. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, he lives in DeKalb. All right, anyway, uh, Judge Justin Works. Everybody wants to be poor. Nobody wants to be like come from like a wealthy fa- background. Well, Judge Justin Walker, his uh, his maternal grandfather is a millionaire real estate developer and Kentucky Transportation Secretary, who's one of the state's most powerful officials in the early '80s. So this dude does not come from humble origins, from a wealthy background. His parents got divorced though, and uh, his mother re- later remarried to another rich guy. But uh, so this is his biography. This is what he says in his biography. He described his mother as, quote, a single working mom who made uh, indescribable sacrifices to to provide me, what does it say? I circled this D and then I scratched it out so I can't read it. Great moments. The first in my family to graduate from college with the opportunity she didn't have herself. Are you kidding me? Her father was a millionaire, one of the most powerful men in Kentucky. Listen. I don't care that the guy's rich. There's a lot of talented, rich people who would probably be great judges. I'm just saying, why do you have to pretend as though you were like Abe Lincoln living in a log cabin? You understand <laughs> what I'm saying, D? What, 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 I what? feel you, I feel you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If yeah. you're, like, you're rich, you're rich. You know, you didn't grow up on the west side of Chicago. Yeah, growing yeah. up poor isn't all that it's cracked up to be, guys. Yeah, Exactly. Lack of like education and stuff. It's I mean, not great. You don't want most people don't want to be poor. But uh, not me. Everybody but once they get nominated for something, everybody's poor. You ever get everybody's poor. Everybody had to come up in a tough surrounding. Everybody was getting beat up. You know I, I nobody ever said, Yeah, I got it pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I went to camp in the summer, you know. Anyway, so a tough guy, this guy. Judge Justin Walker. Tough upbringing he had, D. All right? Wasn't easy. His family couldn't. They, yeah, he didn't wear a bike helmet. You know why? His family couldn't afford it. All right? That's why he didn't wear a bike helmet. Uh, what else about uh, Judge Walker? Here's another quote Judge Walker's got an interesting view of uh, his role on the bench. It's like he's almost like a soldier in a great Christian army defending the country against infidels. Uh, there was a case that came before him recently. I'll uh, had to do with the uh, mayor of what town? Louisville, the mayor of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Shout or- out to our Louisville listeners. Well, that's alliteration. Louisville. <laughs> we actually do. I, let's take a look. We do have some listeners in Kentucky. Yeah, so yeah. So don't they're- piss them off. <laughs> okay, I'll try hard. Um, uh, so the uh, the mayor of Louisville had ordered the churches closed uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Might be a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. Not everybody gathering in the pews together. Maybe or maybe, maybe they should figure out a way to do it so it's not dangerous. Like the people in the outhouse, just in the alley down from us. Porta potty. Porta potty. Excuse me. I like to call it an outhouse. Uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, Judge Walker cited St. Paul uh, last month in a decision in favor of the on fire Christian church in Louisville, which had sued Mayor Greg Fisher over his urging faith leaders to avoid large gatherings such as the church's drive-in Easter service amid the pandemic. Quote, on Holy Thursday, an American mayor criminalized the communal celebration of Easter. I don't judge Walker. Come on, D. 
I mean, let's be fair. Criminalized Easter? It wasn't like he said, I, you're going to go to jail for trying to celebrate Easter. He was saying at this particular moment in time, it may, be, it may not be a good idea for people to gather together. And it's, it's not like they're criminalizing. They criminalized the watching of basketball games. because You know what I mean? Because they wouldn't let us get to go to the United Center and sit on top of each other. We're trying to figure this thing out. He's turning it into a holy crusade. This is the man that Mitch McConnell, they're holding hearings on. I think they're holding hearings today. Don't quote me on that, D. I never the, do. This, <laughs> I never quote you on anything. I warn people, don't quote me, all right? I'm not, I'm, I'm just don't quote me. I think they're holding hearings today. Frank would know this. Uh, this is the man that uh, Mitch McConnell's bringing the senators back to hold hearings on, rushing through to get uh, the uh, vacancy filled. A vacancy, by the way, I didn't even get into this part of the story uh, where there are allegations, just allegations, D, okay, that Mitch McConnell twisted the arm of the judge who retired to create the vacancy. Oh, give me that arm. <laughs> I love his Mitch McConnell imitation, man. Uh, do Mitch McConnell singing, I uh, got to no, know when to hold him no, and know when to fold him. Oh, isn't Mitch that McConnell. interesting? I would love to hear him say, oh, you got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him. Um, no so, one to walk away. No yeah, one to run. There you go. Uh, there don't you sing go. it. Never just never sing it. By the way, I've heard Dennis sing. He's an excellent singer. Yes, I am. Uh, so anyway, so this is Mitch McConnell uh, changing the rules. Back then, it was, well, let's wait and see when it was uh, Barack Obama's vacancy to fill. Or uh, It was, let's hold off until the November election. We have to see what the American people uh, say about it. We have to let the American people weigh in it. And now, of course, here we are on the even election that uh, I believe the Democrats will win. And I think Mitch McConnell's feeling a little nervous about it. He himself is up for a, a tough a re-election battle against Amy McGrath. I think he's feeling a little uncertain about things. So let's hurry up and get this 37-year-old soldier in Donald Trump's political army. Let's get him uh, in before the Democrats have a chance uh, to fill the vacancy themselves. Democrats out there, it's about time you learn to play the game the way the Republicans do. You want to win? You got to play to win. We got a great show today, everybody. M Monroe Anderson's coming in. Man, he, he plays the game to win. All my damn listeners out there, oh, no. He knows when to hold and fold him. He's got to, we, we got it all lined up. We got the Morning in America ad. Dr. D here has got it ready to go. And we have Donald Trump's response to it. Can't wait. Have you heard Donald Trump's response to the Morning in America ad, D? <laughs> no, I have funny. not. Uh, so we're going to uh, break down all the news, the political news of the day with Monroe Anderson. He's all fired up, ready to come on. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie, with the news. Hey, how's it going? Hey, did everyone listening hear our interview with First Ward Alderman Daniel Espada? If not, you should check it out. Ben, tell us a little bit about that interview with the Alderman. What did you guys talk about? That was a great interview. We had a lot of fun talking. First of all, he talked about being a, a rookie alderman and uh, learning the ropes. Uh, I also talked to, we had a funny exchange as the First Ward Alderman. He is always the first, first person called upon to vote 
So it's a nerve-wracking experience because if he, go, if he votes the wrong way, then everybody who's following him will vote the wrong way. He's like, habita, habita, habita. So, a lot of pressure on the first word, Alderman. You know, if you're not really paying attention, you know what I mean? But he's a rookie going through the uh, that Carlos Ramirez Rosa rookie training camp, right? Yes, he is a rookie of the leftist persuasion. Uh, and as such, he turns... It's so funny that thinking of turning to Carlos Ramirez Rosa for uh, guidance because he's so young himself. He's a millennial. Remember, he defended oh, yeah. the uh, chain smokers. Remember that great interview? Oh, dude? yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, God, I did not ask Daniel Espada a chain smoker question. Oh, shucks. I know. Uh, but uh, he talked about uh, life in the council with uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, and dealing with the mayor on that issue of giving her <laughs> emergency powers. He was but he was pretty restrained in his I comments. just picture like some alderman boot camp led by Carlos Rosa. There's like tires on the ground. All right, go. <laughs> Three more. Let's go. He's got his, uh, rookie, his rookie alderman in there. I know. And it's funny because, again, is Carlos 30 yet? He's so young. I think he's 30. Oh, he made uh, but, it to oh, 30? I, mean, I, I hope. I yeah. Mean, I, think I don't want to just sit here and uh, guess his age. I don't know if that. Uh... No, I think he is 30. But if, if he is 30, he's barely 30. I mean, to me, he's a baby. All right. And he's very young. But now, but you're right. He's the hardened vet, right? He's the. This is his second term, so he's telling uh, Daniel Spot, "This is how you do it, kid. Follow me." Uh, and you know, I remember Carlos was on the show. Sick Joe, give me twenty push-ups. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Byron, uh, Byron doing the push-ups. So uh, remember when Carlos was on the show? Uh, it was. I forget when it was, but uh, he was talking about how he st- stood up to oppose some idiotic uh, proposal that uh, Mayor Rahm. Uh, had, was coming forth with, but all the other aldermen were, were with Mayor Rahm. This is in the days when they would do every, anything that Mayor Rahm said. When aldermen in the city council treated Mayor Rahm the way Republicans everywhere treat Donald Trump, whatever you say, boss. And uh, so Carlos got up to um, criticize the mayor's proposal, oppose it, whatever. And the other, the, the Dems, the the, count, the other aldermen were like mocking him and sit down. Oh, nice suit. They were making fun of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> making jokes and stuff. Uh, Daniel Espada said it's not like that anymore. They're like kind of grown up since Rahm has left the room. Everybody like more respectful of different uh, uh, attitudes and ideas. It wasn't like the old days. It was just Carlos Ramirez Rosa alone. Nice suit. I know they, they made fun of his suit. <laughs> oh, good suit. Looks good on you, huh? That's Rodney Dangerfield, by the way. Anyway, uh, and we also talked a little about Proco Joe Moreno, his predecessor. If Ben were an alderman, that's all you'd get made fun of every day is your suit. Suit? I, look at, have you ever seen me in a suit? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. If I were an alderman, what a. Well, we. <laughs> oh, I remember Ben Jarofsky, the first alderman to wear sweatpants at a city council meeting. Ah, I miss him. Well, now, by the way, it's all virtual, so they're probably dressed as bad as I am right now. <laughs> That'll never happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. Anyway, uh, it was a good interview. And then we talked about uh, how he went to the protest, uh, the, the anti Pritzker protesters. The MAGA hat wearers last Friday converged at the Thompson Center. Still have not heard a word from any mainstream Republican uh, denouncing them. They were waving uh, Nazi, uh, they were waving signs with the swastika and Nazi slogans, but... mm. Oh, Still we haven't checked the voicemail yet. We got tons of them in the vo- I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, right. All those Republicans standing up. Uh, they're so nervous. Oh, you can be saying something that Donald Trump may uh, rip me about. So anyway, uh, yeah, it was a good interview. A lot of fun. 
Yeah, go download that, everybody. Both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. We do the live show, and then after the live show, we record another interview, and that's where you can go download it. So go check it out. For 10 trivia points. What? Who's our uh, other interview for today? Hey, let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, shall we? Aha. No, who is it playing for today? It's Stacey Davis-Gates, and we're doing The Last Dance. It's my uh, weekly. Dennis allows me to talk about The Last Dance. Uh, just ju- basketball, just for the uh, until this this uh, series on the Bulls ends, and then it's back to business. For those who may not know, what is the Last Dance? For those who may not know, the Last Dance is the ESPN doc. There's a pause there. I yeah, like, I know. Don't shocked, be so like, shocked. What? Has nothing to do with dancing. You know, it's funny. There was one time where I was explaining something that was so obvious to you. What was it? I felt compelled to explain what it was. Oh, was it uh, Tiger King? Tiger King? Yeah. You don't have to explain that. Yeah, because we were like two weeks behind on Tiger King. I would think Last Dance falls into that category. But anyway, it's the ESPN documentary about Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan, uh, and the great 1990s Bulls championship team. Uh, Stacey Davis-Gates, of course, is uh, one of the leaders of the Chicago Teachers Union. Perhaps one of the most outspoken progressive voices in the city of Chicago. One of the few people unafraid to be critical of uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And uh, so she'll be coming on. I may get a few political. Yeah. I was going to say, for all of our uh, non-sports fans who listen, we got to try to get a political question I, in there and get these people to listen. You I, know, it's Stacey Davis-Gates. I got a feeling, a little political talk. But w- what you may not know about Stacey Davis-Gates, uh, when she was growing up in Indiana, she was a big time. Pacers fan. Nope. Oh, God. Whoa, don't tell her that. She loved the Larry Bulls. Bird. Nope, <laughs> was not a Larry Bird fan. She was a Bulls fan, and she played basketball. So, you know, we've been promoting the great uh, Stacey Davis-Gates, uh, Lori Lightfoot, one-on-one tournament. Uh, Dennis said oh, yeah. that he'll host it uh, and do the play-by-play. I did say that. And uh, so we're looking forward to when, of course, it's safe to do so. Right now, we're not encouraging people to play basketball. Right, Mayor Lightfoot? And um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I can't wait for the, I can't wait for this uh, pandemic to pass on many levels, but right at the top of the list, Stacey Davis-Gates versus Lori Lightfoot. Let's go. Stacey Davis-Gates, that's going to be tonight, guys. About 7 o'clock, we're going to drop that. Go check it out. Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader websites, wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Okay, let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. J.B. Pritzker has a plan. Big problems become <laughs> big problems when you let small problems sit. Oh, by the way, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, 31 years old. That's correct. How did you know that? Frank? it online and then oh. Frank waited. <laughs> I, I figure it was Frank would know. During his Tuesday COVID-19 press briefing, our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker, announced his Restore Illinois five-phased strategy to reopen our state as we remain under this damn stay-at-home order through the end of the month. And uh, we're going to play all five phases, all right? But first, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you, and we will take you to jail. Yeah, we discussed that yesterday, didn't we, D? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I still... Um, listen, I, I'm with you, Lori. I'm... Uh, excuse me, Mayor Lightfoot. I'm with you 100%. In the need to protect Chicagoans, and I appreciate your vigilance in that direction. I really do, D. Okay, and uh, you know we tease Lori Lightfoot from time to time on this show, but I do appreciate that. But I don't know, throw people in jail <laughs> to protect them from the virus. You're going to put them in the very place where they're most likely to catch the virus. 
Let's rethink this one. Today, Mayor Lightfoot is in City Hall to discuss racial equity rapid response team and racialized outcomes of COVID-19 in the Latinx communities. Hey, Ben, have you ordered your Lori Lightfoot candle yet? I No. <laughs> well, there, off guard. There's a Lori Lightfoot candle. Oh, the following comes from Block Club Chicago and Mina Bloom. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's efforts to keep Chicagoans at home have become memes and even cardboard cutouts. You've seen them popping up in shuttered businesses. Now you can get an Our Lady of Quarantine mm. Lori Lightfoot prayer candle. I, I did not know that. Caroline Moody. She's a tattoo artist, and she runs Copper Plate Tattoo in Avondale. And Casey Winter, an artist who designed and installed uh, the giant masks adorning the Art Institute lions. Uh, and the Chicago Picasso sculpture are selling prayer candles anointing Lightfoot with the saintly title. Oh, my God. <laughs> you like this. Chicago loves Lori Lightfoot, man. Yeah, they do. Chicago loves Lori Lightfoot. They love their mayor. Chicagoans tend to fall in love with their mayor, D. And I'm not from Chicago, so I have kind of never really understood it, this reverence that Chicagoans have for the mayor. It's it's one of those Chicago things that I, I, you know, I don't quite get. But, you know, it's a very Chicago thing. And they love Lori Lightfoot. Chicagoans do. The candles, God bless them. The candle's image made by Moody shows Lightfoot holding a glowing roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Don't worry, Ben. I'll show you this picture before we move on. Uh, while surrounded uh, by Chicago's official flower, a uh, word that I cannot pronounce, uh, chrysanthemus. I, I, I did not know Chicago I, had official flower. Yeah, it's a very odd word. I thought it was the reefer. I mean, that's what I mean. That's most people I know, their favorite bud, you know? Well, you're my favorite bud, Ben. I love doing the show with you. That's correct. That's really nice, man. (laughs) The memes. Okay, we got a quote from uh, Moody here. It says, the memes are hilarious. So it's already been established how strongly she's encouraging us to do what we got to do to get the city healed, which I think is just great. It's humorous. So it's drawing attention. That way, Moody said she's not trying to make it a political thing, but it's really neat seeing this person uh, do what she's doing. You know, see, okay, I let me just—I'm not want to make it a political thing. That's so classic. That's like make it a political. Thing. Everything's political. That's another thing about Chicago. No, it's not just Chicagoans. I'm not going to pick on Chicagoans. But you ever notice how, like, well, I'm not political when I, you know what I mean, like. That's again. That's like a dem. Well, not political. Okay. Okay. I'm, I, 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 Republicans buy shoes too. You know. That's not, <laughs> Michael Jordan's not. I'm not political. Why? Be political. You're political. You live in Chicago. And thanks to programs like the Ben Jarofsky Show, it's gonna be political. It's political. You live in a country run by a madman. It's political. Okay. And, hey, there's decisions you have to make even within the confines of Democratic Chicago. Should Lori – I know you love Lori Lightfoot, uh, Chicagoans. And I, I know you appreciate her very much because she's telling everybody to stay at home. And particularly in the north side of Chicago, you absolutely love her. Does that mean you believe she should have extraordinary budget powers? Should she have the right to unilaterally determine over the next two months how millions and millions of dollars are spent? Do you love her that much? Oh, I don't know, Ben. It's so political. I'm, I'm not political. When everybody goes, don't be afraid to be political. 
I'm sorry. You well, know. I ordered your candle. It's <laughs> going to be coming soon. All I right? just so be ready. People, I'm not political. You know, it's like the fair map people in Illinois. Can, can't we all just come up with a fair map? Here's the picture of uh, the Lori candle. That's actually pretty cool. You like it, huh? Yeah, it's a well, very good. Cool I candle. ordered you one. So. <laughs> I got the artist who made it may not be political, but she's a very talented artist. <laughs> I'm not political. I, I I have to. Please don't ask me. That's the that's like a uh, the equivalent of the people who say Ben, don't ask me. Fill in the blank. You know the most controversial whatever the controversial story is in America at the moment, day which everybody's talking about. Oh, ben, don't ask me about that. <laughs> Usually it's Dems going, Ben, don't ask me about Tara Reid. Don't, don't ask me about that. Uh, Moody said uh, about Lori Lightfoot, uh, she's a woman of color in our city making shit happen. Uh, the candles Wait, whoa, work. hold it. Can, Time we, can out. we just plow whoa, through? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ugh. Did they write write it out? No. Oh. They did S in a space. Oh, far cry. <laughs> Uh, who, which, which, which paper is this? Black Club. Black Club. So my question of Black Club is, how do you write Shit's Creek? Yeah, just saying. Well, they put a, a C-H in the spelling. It's fine. It's the pronunciation. Oh, that... you're right. Good point by Dr. D. <laughs> <laughs> the candles cost $20. And they put a second T on there. Yeah, and they put a second uh, T. Oh, well, that'll really fool everyone. <laughs> the candles cost $20, and they're available for pre-order on Moody's. $20? $20. Hmm. How much candles go for these days? I don't know. About $20, I guess. $15, $20. I mean, when was the last time you bought a candle? Me? I bought one at Family Dollar for like $5.50. <laughs> Wait a minute. Same. Family Dollar? Why are they charging five fifty? It should be a dollar. No, that's... Boy, we are going down so many <laughs> weird holes here today on the show. Uh, no, that's like uh, the Dollar Tree. That has like everything a dollar. Uh, Family Dollar is a... They sell things that are beyond a dollar. I went to the Dollar Store and I bought a great uh, t-shirt for a dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is pre-COVID days, D. Oh, let's move on from this story. Let's get to Governor J.B. Pritzker. I like the candle story. <laughs> I just want to clarify one thing. The candle is beautiful, so I want to give credit to the artist for the candle. Yeah, but, it's a very nice candle. Uh, the, the whole thing, up the wishy-washy political thing, come on. You can't beat Trump if you're wishy-washy. All right, let's move on. And what's the scent of the candle? I don't know. We'll find out when it comes in the mail. I got Ben one. Okay. I thought you got me that reefer candle, no. that reefer scented candle. That's my favorite scent in a candle. Let's talk about Governor J.B. Pritzker. You know, say what you want about Jeremy Bojangles Pritzker. <laughs> Back in March, he did. Jay Robert. I remember, right, Frank? <laughs> Jay, oh, yeah, John Ro or Jay Robert. That's right. Uh, say what you want about him, but he did not let the COVID-19 pandemic problem sit here in Illinois. Here we are, damn near two months later. And on Tuesday, the governor announced his slow and steady strategy. It's the Restore Illinois five-phased plan. Let's begin with phase one. Okay, actually, JP, <laughs> I'm going to cut you off right there. Okay. Real quick, uh, Restore Illinois is a data-driven plan that operates on a region-by-region -region basis. This is a recognition that reality on the ground looks different in different areas of our state. Are you quoting JB there? Uh, that was, I believe so, yeah. He said something around that. All right. See, case. that's his way of telling people uh, in Pritzker protesting territories in this state. How about that, D, the way I, you know, very euphemistically uh, phrased that. Yeah, well, <laughs> did I tell you went to radio school? Uh, that's his way of extending an olive branch, okay? So, in other words, we shouldn't have to treat people in 
let's say Alton, the same way we treat people in Chicago because the virus isn't as, what, extensive in Alton as it is in Chicago. Right, D? Right. Isn't that the idea? Yep. Okay. And uh, Ben, good news. We're already in phase two. Oh, yeah, I did know. We talked about this, yes. <laughs> yeah. According to Pritzker, <laughs> Illinois began phase two of its reopening plan on May 1st when a modified order took effect, allowing some businesses to reopen. The earliest any location can begin entering phase three will be May 29th. So we really don't need to hear about phase one. We've already been through it. Let's get right to phase two. Governor Pritzker, take it away. Phase two, the phase that we entered into with the new May 1st modified stay-at-home order. Many of our phase two mitigations are similar to phase one, but adjustments were made to offer flexibility where public health experts told us we could. That's where we've been and where we are. So what's next? Healthcare regions that meet certain thresholds over the next few weeks will be able to move to phase three. At that point, with face coverings as the norm, non-essential manufacturing and other non-essential businesses can open in accordance with safety guidance. Telework, wherever possible, is strongly encouraged. Barbershops and salons can reopen. Health and fitness clubs can offer outdoor classes and one-on-one -on -one personal training, all in accordance with DPH safety guidance. The region's state parks can open. Limited childcare and summer programs can operate with DPH guidance. All public health gatherings of 10 people or fewer can take place during this phase. And I wanna stress this point. Even as businesses reopen, employers should do everything in their power to provide remote accommodation for older and COVID vulnerable employees. Makes sense. In fact, I'm, hey, I'm gonna be a typical uh, nonpartisan. Uh, Are you about to extend an olive branch? Yes, Dem. Uh, ben, you have to be fair. You read, I think it was like two weeks ago, a similar Donald John Trump plan for reopening America. Remember that one, D? Oh yeah. You read it. You were, and the, and let, I'm going to tell you something about Dennis. You may have figured out, or maybe you don't know this. He really tries to be fair. He really does. Okay. He's always trying to look in the other. Ben, you got to be fair to Donald John Trump, and it'll explain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it'll explain. You know, we, uh, you got to think about it from their perspective. And the Donald Trump. the listeners hate me. <laughs> So, uh, you know, so we read that Donald John Trump thing where, and it was very similar to this one because by and large, I mean, there's this does stuff makes basic sense, right? D, it's very practical. It's very pragmatic. The issue, of course, is when do you declare it safe to go to phase three? Uh, phase two, remember phase two? One of my favorite parts of phase two, you can get in a boat, but only two people. Remember that one, mm -hmm. D? We discussed that one in the show. Yeah. All right, so we went to two and three. Let's hear phase four. In phase four, a region would need to see continued declines in its positivity rates and hospitalizations and maintain surge capacity. And if so, restaurants, bars, spas, cinemas, theaters, retail, and health and fitness clubs can open with new capacity limits and DPH-approved safety guidance. Schools, summer and fall programs, 
childcare and higher education can open with safety guidance, and all outdoor recreation programs would be allowed. Public gatherings in phase four will be limited to 50 people, although this limit is subject to change up or down, depending upon what the science tells us at the time. IDPH will watch the identified health metrics closely to determine when regions have attained them so each can move from phase two to phases three and four. And more specifically, those metrics are, first, a region must be at or under a 20% test positivity rate and increasing by no more than 10 percentage points over a 14-day period. And a region must have either not had an overall increase or must have maintained overall stability in hospital admissions for COVID-like illness in the last 28 days and a region must maintain the availability of a surge threshold of 14% availability of ICU beds, of medical and surgery beds, and ventilators. Dave, I, you can't get the words out of here, how much what? I appreciate J.B. Pritzker. And all, all kidding aside, he's very measured in the way he lays out. This is me speaking. This is my view. I'm going to... In fairness, be quoting at some point somebody who disagrees with me on this, but I I just like his his measured response, the way he's laying this out, uh, the guidelines, his explanation. You need to see a decline. It's very fearful about a, a a surge back of the virus. That so you think we you think we've successfully uh, moved on to a routine, and then all of a sudden there's people getting sick again. So he's very concerned about this. He's laying out parameters. Uh, I respect how he does it, and I'm very grateful at this moment that he is the governor as opposed to the last governor, <laughs> whose name I can't remember at the Ugh. moment. <laughs> so, you know, I respect J.B. Pritzker. And by the way, you know, he's been slammed. He's got his critics in the state. They, uh, uh, The Republicans have sent the MAGA hat crowd out uh, last Friday with their Nazi signs. So, you know, he's under a lot of pressure. Uh, to uh, open up the state. So I, I give him credit for the very measured way in which he is laying out this plan. But wait, there's more from phase four. Because May 1st marked the beginning of phase two in which we loosened and modified a number of mitigations, that is the first day for the 14 and 28 day measurement periods to begin. Meaning that the earliest that a region can move to phase three is May 29th. Changes to mitigation strategies in each phase will impact the data in each phase, so the assessment period begins when each new phase begins. IDPH will be tracking each of the four regions on these metrics and will make that avail data available online to you every day so that the public can track it too. Importantly, just as public health indicators will tell us when to move forward at any time, they could also signal that we need to move backward. IDPH will be tracking metrics here as well. Moving backward is honestly the last thing that anyone wants to do. But if the virus begins to attack more people or the healthcare systems are heading toward becoming overwhelmed in any region, swift action will need to be taken. 
We have named phase four revitalization because it is in this phase that everyone in Illinois will be rebuilding what school and work will look like for a while until we reach the other side of this pandemic. Man, I don't know if this pandemic's ever going to end. It's <laughs> so scary. He's, I mean, he's laying all these things out. And then he says, by the way, we have no idea if this thing is coming back. So we really don't know if we're going to ever reach uh, stage four. I'm laying out all these parameters, but Lord, no. In other words, he's sort of admitting D. he has absolutely no idea what the future. And you know what? Who knows? Right. I mean, th that's the probably the scariest part about this whole thing. Nobody knows, except for the MAGA hatters who think right now the whole thing's made up. Maybe they're right, huh, D? I doubt it. Uh, but uh, do you have any more tape you want to play in recording you have? Well, of minute? course. we got to go through phase five. Right, the go. only way that we can cross into phase five, Illinois restored, with all the sectors of the economy running with completely normal operations, is with a vaccine or a widely available and highly effective treatment, or with the elimination of any new cases over a sustained period of time. It brings me no joy to say this, but based on what the experts tell us and everything we know about this virus and how easily it spreads in a crowd, large conventions, festivals, and other major events will be on hold until we reach phase five. I spent decades in business, so I understand the urge to try and flip the switch and reopen our entire economy. Here's the problem. That switch simply does not exist with a virus that can't currently be eliminated by medical science. And I won't open the door to overwhelming our hospital system and possibly tens of thousands of additional deaths by exposing everyone to the virus today just because a loud but tiny minority would like to indulge in that fantasy. A loud but tiny minority would like to indulge in that fantasy. Uh, that is the, as close as to a counterpunch uh, as he's thrown uh, in this entire speech here, D, uh, that, of course, is his allusion to the protesters who showed up, not just the ones who showed up at Thompson Center, but in general, the uh, Operation Gridlock crowd, the MAGA hat-wearing crowd uh, that she's sh uh, showing up at public places these days uh, to defy the stay-at-home order, to, to show that they don't believe in it, uh, to gather together. Like the group in, uh, in Chicago, many of them weren't wearing masks, you know, they just want to say that uh, they don't believe that it's a serious crisis. It's interesting, D. They came to Chicago without masks, you know, and they all acknowledge that there's a serious problem in the city of Chicago. And maybe that's why Chicago needs to have these more restrictive uh, guidelines uh, protecting people. Uh, but they shouldn't be downstate. And yet they weren't even wearing a mask when they came to Chicago. I don't know. They got to worry about their mixed messaging. Maybe you should help them out a little bit. Uh, so, but that is his way, uh, a loud but tiny minority uh, is his just euphemistic way of uh, alluding to them. So, uh, J.B. Pritzker, he, he's letting people know. He, he knows you're out there, uh, bag of hat wearers. So there it was, phase one through five of reopening Illinois. Ben, what are your overall thoughts? You think uh, this plan's going to work or what? Well, whether or I do not know if it's when you say whether it's going to work, uh, I don't know when we're going to get to phase five. I do know that uh, J.B. Pritzker is being very cautious. Uh, he is 
let's put it this way. From a political standpoint, he probably read uh, Rich Miller's article that ran this Sunday in the Sun-Times. I think it was Sunday in the Sun-Times, where Rich Miller was uh, talking about the polls that show that there's widespread support uh, for Pritzker for his stay-at-home uh, recommendations, for his sheltering requirements, for his... Uh, cautious, prudent approach to reopening the economy, despite the fact that there's from protesters uh, and the, uh, outside the Thompson Center or in Springfield, uh, most people in the state of Illinois are with Pritzker on this. And so he's probably feeling uh, reassured by that, D. You get what I'm saying? Like he's not feeling pressure to do the right thing in the face of people who don't want him to do it. Or he feels like he's doing the right thing, even though most people don't think it's the right thing. So when that political pressure is off, I think somehow or other, you know, obviously it's easier uh, to, uh, be, to be measured the way he is. Uh, that said, I, you know, when I'm listening to that, try not to get depressed. But, you know, my beloved, like everything, the summer is gone, you know, uh, festivals, concerts. Uh, I think maybe, I think fe- this is the time you finally get back into smoking pot. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing else to do. <laughs> nothing else to do. Definitely not going to do it while I'm on the show. All right. And that maybe little eventually fantasy. We'll get there. What was it yesterday? Never or, say never. Never say never. The Kelly Cassidy interview with me. Hi. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. No, don't do this. Oh, okay. Casey, man. Um, you know, um, uh, yeah. We're going to so, get you back on the horse, buddy. You got uh, nothing else going on. All right. Yeah. I'll talk uh, to my guy. He'll deliver you some and we'll. First of all, I don't need going. your guy anymore. Okay. It's legal. All oh, right. Just yeah. Go. Right go. Yeah. Get ready to pay a million dollars for weed. All right. Do you have re- the response from the Republicans? Well, yeah, I'm glad you said that because, yes, a lot of people are on Team uh, Pritzker. Go, JP! Uh, But there are those who are not. You saw this one coming, guys. (laughs) The following comes from the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. Capital Faxes, Rich Miller. It's a bulldog. It's off the chain. Oh, my. Get that dog out of here. Uh, it says here, uh, this co- this is Dan Petrella at the Tribune. Uh, he says, Republican lawmakers in the Illinois House on Wednesday gave scathing reviews to Governor J.B. Pritzker's five-phase plan to reopen the state's economy. Here's House GOP leader Jimmy D. Jim Durkin of Western Springs. He said on one of those Zoom conferences that, quote, the plan does not work. This plan presumes that the governor shall rule the state for the upcoming months and possibly much longer if the vaccination is not available. Uh, Durkin also said that, uh, quote, I took an oath of office to faithfully discharge my duties in the co-equal branch of government called the legislature. I did not abdicate nor relinquish my elected responsibilities to the executive branch. Uh, Durkin said, Speaker Madigan, you set the calendar. Mr. Speaker and the House Democrats, get back into the game, get your head out of the sand, and let's get back to work. Well, I kind of agree with some of the things he says. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh, here I am. I'm not, I'm not just doing this just because, you know, I want to extend the olive branch to the Republicans. Uh, but, you know... I think uh, it's. I think the legislature should be meeting. D. I don't know. They say, well, it's unsafe. They don't want to convene at the general assembly. Yeah, but uh, the city council proved that you could with Zoom, right? D. 
Someone should introduce Michael Maddock into Zoom. Uh, Zoom? What are you? Uh, I'm not doing that. Get that Zoom out <laughs> so, of here. Yeah, kinda, yeah, Dirk, I'll throw you a, a bone. Here you go. I threw you a bone. Yeah, you have, I think they should get together. And I do think uh, that Republicans should act as though they are, you know, still breathing. Uh, that said, I've not seen anything resembling a responsible uh, get back to work proposal from the Republican Party at all. They act as though the the it's not a serious health crisis. And Durkin, by the way, that is that the full quote, D? Is yeah, that's all I it? got. That's all I got. Yeah. This, so he he in that quote. He's like that. Oh wait, a- there's one more quote from Durkin. Uh, make America great again. <laughs> oh my! Whoa! No, he didn't. I like that quote. Yeah. You see, Durkin is the kind of Republican who should be uh, unafraid to criticize Donald John Trump from time to time. He's from a relatively moderate district, so you know he's he was never like the real hardcore Trumpster type. But he's even Durkin's afraid. Uh, you know, I don't want. I don't want to get tweeted by Donald Trump. So even he's afraid. Uh, and uh, Durkin was the, the the gentleman that Rich Miller kind of uh, uh, made fun of in his column on Sunday, where he talked about uh, he's not exactly a profile in courage. I think is what Rich Miller said about Durkin. It was a pretty good line. So yeah, I mean, even in that quote, he won't acknowledge that it's a serious health crisis. He won't acknowledge the essential challenge that Pritzker is confronting, and that is: is it safe to reopen the economy? Republicans act as though it's not even an issue. It's like they're acting as though, yes, it's safe. That's what the uh, MAGA hat wearers were saying on Friday. They showed up to say they didn't even believe that there is a serious crisis. So Republicans in Illinois are like, this is the line they're walking. They don't want to come out and say it's a crisis because they don't want to upset the MAGA hat wearers. At the same time, they don't want to look as though, what, they're uh wimping wimps to pritzker so they play this weird game where they won't come out and say that it uh is a crisis but they'll criticize pritzker's policies that are help that are intended to protect us from the crisis so they're in a they're in a, a strange position the mainstream of the republican party in illinois they have no which they don't know which way to go because they're just going to uh, uh, irritate the base of the party which has lost its freaking mind all right, uh, here's my impression real quick of uh, Mike Madigan getting approached uh, in his office about Zoom, okay? <laughs> Here we go. A guy walks up, hey, Madigan, uh, we're going to do a Zoom meeting. Is that okay? And then, uh, man, uh, Zoom? Uh, zoom your ass out of my office. <laughs> Get out of here. Wait, that's... Zoom your ass out of here. That's that's heading into uh, your Biden imitation. No, it's not. Do your Biden imitation. Uh, hey, come on. Let's move on here. Uh, shout out to Fernando on the live stream chat. What's happening, Fernando? Thanks for listening, and thank you for weighing in. Uh, Fernando says, talk about the governor postponing the cannabis license distribution. I got an article here. The earliest I found was six days ago. Ben, the, this is the first time we've uh, read an article from this publication, High Times. The following comes from HighTimes.com. Uh, and A.J. Harrington 
This pothead put, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, put uh, state regulators in Illinois yeah. announced on Wednesday that they will be that they will delay awarding licenses for 75 new recreational marijuana dispensaries because of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. The Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation said that the licenses, which were scheduled to be awarded on May 1st, will be postponed until after disaster proclamations from Governor J.B. Pritzker expire or when the state sets a new date. The governor is, is expected to sign an executive order this week once again this was six days ago that will extend the stay stay at home uh, the state stay at home order and closure of non-essential businesses through the end of may yeah we talked about this with richard wallace so i urge everybody to check out that uh, interview that ran on i think we dropped that one on sunday right d uh the bonus interview with richard wallace uh, who's all about equity and the distribution of uh cannabis license i almost said reefer license uh, yeah they delayed it and uh, the, the, the best you could say about the delay is that it gives them uh, more time uh, to be a little more fair about who gets these licenses. So it's such that all rich white guys from the suburbs who wear bicycle helmets. Going back to that conversation. <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah, nice well, nice callback. What can I say? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I urge everybody, if you want to get far more detail on this, uh, check out the Richard Wallace uh, interview. Can, by the way, do you, do you have any quotes from Darren Bailey? He was quoted in the Sun-Times. Remember Darren Bailey? Oh, your boy. No. <laughs> I do not have any DB quotes. DB. Darren Bailey is now the face of the Republican Party. And Darren Bailey. See, this is this is where old boy Durkin is in uh, trouble. Because Jim Durkin, he's out. I think he's in Elmhurst. He's in, in the DuPage County area. And I would say that a good portion of the people in Elmhurst believe in science and would believe a doctor. Um on the other hand, uh, Darren Bailey uh, comes from a community where there is not a high number of people who have the virus, so they get to pretend as though science doesn't exist, as though the, the virus is this myth created by the media in Chicago. Uh, and so and they, as, as such, their worldview is that J.B. Pritzker uh, has shut down the state to destroy the economy, to take away the issue that Donald Trump was going to run on to get reelected. That's how they view this health crisis. That's the base of the Republican Party. Darren Bailey, who nobody ever heard of until he went to court to uh, challenge Pritzker's stay-at-home order, is now the face of the Republican Party in the state of Illinois. And while Jim Durkin's comments are more along the lines of habit, 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 I don't know what to say because I'm going to offend somebody, so I'll just go habit, habit, habit. Darren Bailey just says what he thinks. So you got to give him credit, D. Uh, here's his quote. The earth is flat. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a uh -huh. different quote. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> uh, here's Dar Darren Bailey. How'd you get my copy of Flat Earth Weekly? <laughs> Uh, Darren Bailey. Uh, it's it, wait, no. I almost did my. What's the old boy's name? Oh, this update. I should have. Oh, is this a tangent within a tangent <laughs> yeah. within a tangent? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I was. What, what's the big fella? I just blanked on his name. The I'm having fella. a senior moment. Big fella. Uh, the, the insane guy that uh, b believes in all the conspiracies. I just blanked on his name. Jimmy Coogan. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah. And. Uh, Alex Jones lost his lawyer. His lawyer left him. He's in big trouble, man. Oh, we gotta man. Get Jim Coogan out there sent me the article last night. I read it. I was obsessing over that. Ladies and gentlemen, my lawyer <laughs> fell in the Bermuda Triangle. Damn. I got to get a new lawyer. We'll be right back. Serious Republicans. <laughs> Alex Jones is your guy. 
Uh, Alex Jones and Darren Bailey will be the Republican nominees for president and vice president in the next election. I, I would, I, but for real though, I bet this Bailey feller runs for governor in a few years. Yeah, why not? This he, is setting him up. He's closer to the base of the Republican Party than Durkin, who's like habita habita habita. You know, Jim habita 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 Durkin. I don't know what to say. Uh, and uh, here there, we go. There went our Jim Durkin interview, guys. <laughs> like that was going to happen anytime soon. Sorry, Durkin fans. Uh, Jim Durkin was big time supporter of one Bruce Rauner. Remember that uh, Bruce Rauner days? D. Uh, how could I forget Alex Jones's name? Usually I'm obsessing about it. Almost every day I talk oh, to Oh, now a tangent within the tangent. That was a tangent before the tangent. This is awesome. I, I think the reefer's kicking in from the 1970s. Anyway, Darren Bailey, uh, who got a Clay County Court judge to free him. I love this. To free him and him alone from Pritzker's order. Free him? Like he's free. What? What is he free to do now? Uh, I can go bowling. No, you can't. There's no bowling alleys. Uh, oh, I'm... Trust me, this guy knows, all right? Ben Jarofsky knows there's no bowling alley. That's right. He loves bowling. I guys. love bowling, and I'm paying a stiff price for this stay-at-home thing. I should be the one following the lawsuit. Uh, Bailey, who got a Clay, court, a Clay County Circuit Court judge to free him and him alone for Pritzker's order by suing the governor, said he would rather have each one of Illinois' 102 counties craft its own reopening plan rather than divide the state into four regions. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? They're picking and choosing when they want to divide the state, right? Well, where's Robert Marshall when yeah, you need him? I was huh? going to say. <laughs> For those listening uh, who may not know, Robert Marshall was the feller that ran for governor uh, in 2018, and his plan was to divide Illinois into three, I think. It was three, right? Yeah. Yeah. He came on the show, remember? I interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, he had the map. And then I was, I made some criticism. Well, we can redo it. He was ready to redo the whole map right there on my show. I got to give him credit. He was open-minded. Yeah. I mean, he came with some ideas, right? Uh, This pandemic plan, this work needs to go to the county level, Bailey said. These orders that he is offering, I don't care whether it's masks, whatever it is, every order that he's coming up with now is still illegal and unconstitutional. There you go. That's the Republican attitude. It's unconstitutional and illegal to ask somebody to wear wear a mask, to demand that somebody wear a mask to protect the public. Rumpf, all right? It's like motorcycle helmets. Rumpf. Seatbelts. Rumpf. Liberty. They believe in liberty for everyone except for Colin Kaepernick. Well, if you're out there riding a motorcycle without a helmet, you're an idiot. Well, uh, the views and opinions of motorcycles. Uh, oh, it's, oh, but you distinguish motorcycle versus bicycle. Yeah, oh, I see. Absolutely. Uh, you go, you go pretty fast on a bike. Actually, for, let, let people know this: uh, Dennis wears a bike helmet. Okay, yeah, he yeah. wears a bike helmet. And uh, anyway, so there we go. Uh, Bailey uh, still thinks the governor is a tyrant and still thinks that uh, he's gone too far and that people, it should be on the county level. That's his attitude. So it should be county by county. Uh, So they're going to break away and have a separate county. A Clay County will be its own state, D. And Darren Bailey can be the governor of the state of Clay County. So there you are, everybody. The local news. Weigh in on the live stream chat. If you're listening live, feel free to weigh in uh, and let us know what you think or your thoughts, show ideas. Tell us what you think of the uh, the new attic version of the show. Huh? Pretty rad. Uh, you can send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. You can also do the same on Facebook and Twitter. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. And yes, guys, we have a phone number, the Ben Jarofsky hotline. Yeah, call us up. 708 
608-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. Uh, we do have a voicemail. I'm going to listen to that before we play yeah. it. That's the new, that's the new yeah, rule here on the Ben Jarofsky show, right? We're going to listen to it before we play it. So I see the voicemail that someone just sent us like minutes ago. Uh, we'll probably play that on tomorrow's program. But remember, 708 658 Four seven eight eight. Call the Ben Jarofsky show. All right. Uh, now ben. the scariest part of the show. What? The scariest part of every live show since we moved to the attic. The scary phone call to the guest. Will it work? Will the ah! guest answer? Ah! <laughs> yeah. I don't know if other shows are going through this, but it's a panic moment. Every will it work? Will it clear line? Will it be muddled? This is, you know, it always gets a little nerve-wracking in the Ben Jarofsky show when we make that call. All right. I, actually, I want to uh, load up uh, the song from Michael Girardi, uh, his latest track, uh, Bailout. So, uh, guys, just hang with me here. There's going to be a little bit of dead air, and uh, we'll play some Bailout, and then we'll do the interview with Monroe. Uh, you guys can't see Ben right now. Oh, he's biting his nails. <laughs> he's so scared. <laughs> What are we going to do? Will it work? Oh, my God. So I'm going to calm Ben down. I'm going to call Monroe Anderson. Bailout's coming up. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from Ben's attic. Put that chair down. Quit moshing in here. I, Holy I cow. Love that song. He that likes song, the song. I love that song. <laughs> Every time Dennis plays, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Rock it out. Because, man, there's so many great lines in there. 
Fat cats in the MAGA hats. I love that line. That's an awesome song. Michael Girardi, he's always on the live stream chat. Uh, tell Girard, uh, Michael Girardi you like the song if you enjoy it. Uh, he's also the author, I guess you can call it, of uh, the editorial board. Love that song. This dude's got the hits, man. Like oh, I said, got Michael. a lot of talent, man. You're going to come out of this uh, quarantine with, an, with a full-length album, pal. Blank check for the autocrats. <laughs> Ben tried mosh pitting in here. He tried to he tried to get a mosh pit going. It's just me and him. Like, dude, we got a show to do. Put the chair down. Yeah. It was weird. Okay. Uh, we're back here. We got Monroe Anderson on the line. Let me get it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, now and then. I, 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 I got to learn to not say uh-oh around Ben. Because uh -oh. <laughs> getting scared. Yeah. There All we go. Right. Push that little button. There we go. Okay. Not, who's the producer here, pal? <laughs> oh, sorry. You went to, who went to radio school? Yeah, no kidding. Monroe, are you there? I'm here. Oh, loud and clear. Monroe Anderson. All right, Monroe. We have a, I've been promoting you all day. You ready for this? I got, okay. I got, uh, I talked about uh, morning uh, in America. We're going to play that commercial. We're going to play Donald John Trump's response to that commercial. And uh, brings home one of my favorite themes, uh, how Republicans fight to win. Democrats, Dems, don't know. I, they, I don't know what, they, what they're in the game for because half the time they're scared and apologizing. Except for you, Monroe, because uh, you're from Gary, Indiana. You know how the game is played. I got this. Right. I got from this. Street. From the streets of Gary, Indiana. I got this uh, fundraising appeal from Donald John Trump himself. Monroe, okay? I'm going to read this how, to you. How much did you give him? 10000 <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting a dime from me, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, Monroe, I just got this. I got You will appreciate this. This is a fundraising email I got from Donald John Trump. Okay. And it begins at the headline, Urgent, I Need Your Help. And here we go. Dear fellow conservative. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> He's... <laughs> Dear fellow conservative, like Monroe, have you ever, you've known me for a thousand years, conservative? <clears throat> anyway, I'm reaching out today because uh, I need uh, your help. We're in the fight of our lives to secure. W WCPT turned you out. But yeah, they threw. I was yeah. <laughs> I, I was even too uh, liberal for the liberal radio station. Uh, anyway, dear fellow conservative, I'm reaching out today because I need your help. We're in the fight of our lives to secure four more years, and he's got four more years in big, bold letters, of our Make America Great Again agenda. But there is more than the White House on the line this November. Our Republican Senate majority is at stake, and radical Democrats are doing whatever it takes to hijack the Senate from my good friend and conservative champion, Mitch McConnell, I'm asking my strongest supporters like you, fellow conservatives, to chip in right now to make sure Mitch and I have the necessary resources to keep the Senate red. And then the, the first uh, suggestion is I contribute $500. Monroe, the, I think uh, the Republicans, for all the bravado that Donald Trump likes to exude uh, and emit on his uh, Twitter feed and in his comments, they're starting to get a little nervous. They're starting. Oh, to, yeah, no, they're, they, yeah. yeah, no, they're very nervous uh, because the Democrats have been out um, collecting them their contributions by a wide margin. The, the, 
the, the blue wave is building up as we speak. And this, this is what has them nervous. You know, Trump gets a, gets a, Trump himself gets a lot of money, but the down ticket is not getting that much money. And they and and for a cause, they have reason to be concerned. Well, there's several reasons for this. Uh, number one, you're right. The first one is uh, you're you think is you hit the you really got it right with that first one. Donald Trump has become the face of the Republican Party. He owns the Republican Party, and as such, he had right. just. Uh, he's the one who's taking the lion's share of the money. There, people are thinking in terms of just Donald Trump. And then there's, right. you're right, he, Donald Trump gets very nervous, he's talking about nervous, when any other Republican seems to be approaching him in terms of his stature as the all-powerful, almighty Republican. And so you're right. He, right. He's not really, this, this appeal is a little unique for Donald Trump, like he's raising money for other Republicans. You, you know well, what I mean? Right. Well, mainly for Mitch, uh, and th- and and that's because they're leaning on him. I mean, he. What has happened since in the past couple of months with with uh, with the COVID nineteen virus is that the the the, the tinted glasses, rose tinted glasses, have been cleared, and people are seeing more. More clearly, and they're not liking him, and and uh, and the Republican Party, except for the Trump nuts, of course. Which they'll he's out, he's he's shooting people on Fifth Avenue across the country, and 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 they're still going to vote for him. Yeah. But for the, for the um, un un uninitiated cultists, i.e., the regular American people. They're not liking Trump. They're seeing his press conference. Not sorry, the word press conference. His his his, his coronavirus um, conferences every every day that he put on, where um, out of hours and hours of speaking, he only um, expressed empathy or sympathy for the victims, like a, a, a collected four and a half minute time. Rest of the time, he was attacking his 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 his, his, um, his enemies and bragging about himself and what a great job he's been doing. And it's, it's, he he's lost support along the way. That, that's why they they are now no longer doing them. His people finally got to him and said, "You're self-destructing, dude." Well, and I, I, I and our guy Biden has just been sitting back. Uh, following the rules that when your enemy is self-imploding, don't get in the way. Well, that is the best spin you can possibly put on the Joe Biden campaign. Uh, I, that is the <laughs> okay, Bernie bro. <laughs> that is the best spin. You, <laughs> but well, he's really a wise man. He knows what he's doing, <laughs> as opposed to out to lunch. Uh, but okay. <laughs> Uh, I, that's the Monroe Anderson. That's why I, I, I knew you needed that one. That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> oh my God, the great! You're one. my friend. That's why I've tried to look out for you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, try to help me out. No, really, we uh, every week Monroe tries to talk me off the ledge because I I've said this on the air. I've written it in the in the, my column. I do believe Joe Biden is perhaps the worst nominee the Democrats have ever come up with. 
uh, since I've been following politics. Uh, and then Monroe usually reminds me of Mike Dukakis. And I go, oh, yeah, you got a good point there. Uh, so it's, you know, I have to back off a little hey, bit. Donald Trump. <laughs> no, the, ver- the worst nominee the Democrats have ever put up, the Democrats, uh, uh, to defeat the Republicans. So, uh, but, you know, then he Oh, was- yeah, that's right. Putin put Trump up. Yeah, Putin put Trump up. Uh, and uh, so, the the and it's not just you. Many Dems are always telling me, oh, Ben, uh, Joe Biden is following a strategy. This is part of his plan. Uh, he's going to lay low, let Donald Trump wound himself, and then he's going to emerge stronger than ever. I'm not sure I no, believe that. He's not that. letting Trump, Trump. He's not letting Trump. Trump. Trump is 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 vigorously and enthusiastically wounding himself. Yeah. That, that. And, and 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 Joe. The the other problem, of course, is Joe is operating out of his basement because of the virus. Yeah. He fell. He he he. he He's sheltering in place. And so you have the president of the United States with all the power and glory that he can summon with a finger pop mm-hmm. versus Joe sitting in his basement looking like um, um, the, the, the guys um, who, who are the Saturday night skits were in their basement in Peoria doing it. Oh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, Biden. Biden would look like Wayne's World if he tried to take on Trump in a serious manner. Just yet. Well, I uh, I respectfully disagree with you on that one. I wish Biden was coming at Trump uh, harder, but I do believe that the overall point you've been making for a long time is is on target, and that is uh, this election is being driven by people's attitudes toward Trump. And uh, so the MAGA hat wearers, they love him to death no matter what he does, no matter what he says. Uh, they'll show up at, outside the Thompson Center waving their uh, their Nazi banners and their Nazi slogans. And, uh, and, and exposing themselves to the virus. Yeah. Exposing themselves to the virus. And that's their way of showing their allegiance to Donald John Trump. Uh, the rest of the party, as we just pointed out, or not the rest of the party, but there's other portions of the party that are in areas like so-called swing districts are a little nervous. And we, before you came on, we were talking about uh, the leader of the house of representatives here in Illinois, uh, Jim Durkin, not quite knowing how to confront JB Pritzker's uh, stay at home speech and uh, uh, parameters. He's very critical of Pritzker, but without getting into substance because he, he realizes that uh, the rank and file Monroe of the Republican Party has just got this knee-jerk opposition to Democratic governors trying to protect the interests of the public uh, with their policies. And uh, so he realizes he has to throw sort of you know red meat at them, but he can't go too far and say, open up the economy, because there's a lot of people in his district who probably think J.B. Pritzker is doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, no, most Americans think that it's too early to open up. You know, this is so crazy. I mean, basically, Trump's Trump's position as of a day or two ago, and he changes all the time. For example, yesterday, the uh, coronavirus panel was was dead. Uh, But now it's not anymore. He's going to keep it on indefinitely. His task force. Uh, but literally, they were they were they they were 
um, having the funeral for it yesterday. And then it rose from yeah, the dead. From the dead. Away. But, but anyway, so with this, what he's now doing is he's, because this is a war, remember, so he's saying that patriotic Americans need to come out and expose themselves to, to, the, to the virus and take one for America. All right, we uh, are ready to play this this commercial, Morning in America, that aired, I think it was yesterday. Okay. There's uh, Morning in America. America. Yeah, ready? and they played it on Fox when they knew he'd be watching. Yeah. All right, so and just... And it drove him absolutely crazy. We got the Trump going crazy part, and uh, we have the, the actual commercial. And uh, let me just start with a little preface Monroe was the one who alerted me to this. This is a commercial that's put together by, what do they call themselves, Monroe? I just lost it. The Lincoln Committee? The Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project. Yeah, and this is a group of Republicans who, for a variety of different reasons, reasons despise Donald John Trump and want him out. I've talked about Sarah Longwell. Uh, she's a Republican strategist who's one of the key people in this group. George Conway is in this group, Kellyanne Conway's husband. Uh, Rick Wilson, he's probably the most prominent, uh, best known to Democrats anyway. He goes on Democratic uh, TV shows all the he time. He wrote the book, Everything Trump Touches Dies. Yes, he wrote that book. Uh, and this group was really hoping that Bernie Sanders, my beloved Bernie Sanders, would not be the nominee of the Democratic Party because as much I, as... I wonder why. Yeah, well, because <laughs> everything that Bernie stands for, they're against. They're basically Republicans. They are Republicans. Uh, they just despise right. Trump. Yeah, they're, they're, actually, they're more Republicans than, than the Trump nuts are. Yes, in terms of conventional... The Trump nuts are, are, are Trump, are Trump cultists. Right. There's a distinction. Uh, and so... They're already hitting Trump hard with the tech ads. So Monroe was talking about the Biden strategy where you, you hang out, you lay low, uh, and you let Trump destroy himself. We'll, we'll give him credit for having a strategy. Republicans don't play that game, Monroe. They play to win. They come at you hard. And so right. this these are Republicans uh, with an anti-Trump ad, morning, spelled M-O-U-R. Right. Right, as opposed to morning. Right. They're taking off right. on and they and, and what they're doing is using Republican tactics against Trump. Right. So, all right, D, let's play this thing. There's morning in America. Today, more than 60,000 Americans have died from a deadly virus Donald Trump ignored. With the economy in shambles, more than 26 million Americans are out of work. The worst economy in decades. Trump bailed out Wall Street but not Main Street. This afternoon, millions of Americans will apply for unemployment. And with their savings run out, many are giving up hope. Millions worry that a loved one won't survive COVID-19. There's mourning in America. And under the leadership of Donald Trump, our country is weaker and sicker and poorer. And now, Americans are asking... If we have another four years like this, will there even be an America? Paid for by the Lincoln Project, which is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, very good, Dave. Uh, all, right. Uh, all right, Monroe, break it down for us. Thank you, now. Okay, now, I, I, 
I'm, I'm familiar with the ad, but I, did, did you play Trump's reaction? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to Trump's reaction. Oh, just, oh okay. Okay. Uh, I just want to Yeah, we sure. got it. We I, got, could, I couldn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. the okay, ad, I, I know I got, the ad. Trump bail out, bailed out Wall Street, not Main Street. Uh, and under the leadership of Trump, we're weaker. This is what they say. These are This is how Republicans play the game. There's none of this, oh, we're right. afraid that we're going to look too partisan. There's none of this, oh, we don't want to say anything critical because it might offend some swing voter in Wisconsin. That, that, none of this, oh, when they go low, we go high nonsense. These are Republicans who right. play the game to win. And uh, right. So what do you think of these tactics, Monroe? Oh, well, I mean, what, what tells you is the proof is in the pudding and how it triggered Trump. He went on a a tweet storm after he saw that ad. He said they were losers. And, and you know, normally he he he, he uh, attacked them individually and personally. Now, for example, he referred to Conway as moon face. And um, he just, you know, I mean, he, 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 he just went Trump crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what can we say? I mean, you, you have some of that. I, I, I think. No, we're going to play that. We'll get to the Trump thing. But what I'm asking you yeah. is, how effective yeah. do you think this ad is? Oh, it's very effective for the down ticket. Well, it drove Trump crazy, which was is always good <laughs> to trigger Trump. But those senators in, in Maine, in Colorado... In uh, Arizona, who are underwater right now, it, it it presents all sorts of problems for for them because they have to respond to that. And you know, they, and they have been Trump acolytes. And the Democrats, I mean, this this, this isn't even a Democratic. Ad, political ad. This is a Republican ad, and these guys have street cred among Republicans. This, this is not any ragtag tag band of Republicans that are doing this. this. These are highly respected Republicans, just not of the um, Trump sort. Yeah. So it's going to be very effective, and and it's just one of many. They said, okay, we're just beginning. So they're going to be hitting him. So Trump, as, as, as we get to, for all, 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 all your Democratic hand, hand-ringers out there. Oh, God, there's so many of them. Yeah, I know. Okay, this is what you need to think about. Mm-hmm. Come the, the fall, you're going to have Bloomberg hitting Trump from the left. With his ad, you're gonna have uh, the the Lincoln uh, Project people hitting Trump from the right. You're gonna have Biden hitting Trump front and center, and you're gonna have uh, 135 Americans dead from the uh, COVID-19. And you're going to have unemployment somewhere in the teens or higher. It could even be as high as it wasn't during the Great Depression. Well, 
the question is for the hand ringers out there, just who and why are people going to go vote for Trump? I have felt that way uh, even before the COVID-19 and the hand ringers were uh, telling me that there's no way. It, w- it was only about two months ago, I want to say three months ago, that pretty much everyone I knew was saying Trump was a shoe in the wind, except for you, Monroe. Right. Uh, all right, right let, exactly. All right, we have uh, Donald Trump. This is one of these classic Donald Trump moments where he entertains questions from reporters in front of an airplane. Uh, the propellers are making a lot of noise. So uh, we've. Oh, yeah. We, I, we, I, I've seen this. Yeah. yeah. This is Donnie Trump uh, talking about the uh, Morning in America ad. Cue the vacuum. Project, a, uh, yeah, it's really hard to hear. Project. Oh, it's uh, the sound is bad. Yeah. The name to the Losers Project because if you take a look at Schmidt, it is uh, George. Thomas. Yeah, it's really hard to hear. He called it the Losers Project. Yeah. Could you could you sum it up on what he said? Yeah, yeah, it's the Losers Project, and then as Monroe said, he uh, named uh, all the members of uh, the uh, the Lincoln Project, or many he could think of. Uh, he named them and called them losers and talked about how they all they lost they lost to him it's very personal with donald trump right. because these are right. the republicans who uh, never supported trump did not fall in line so it's very personal him right Monroe? right right now they they're the never trumpers they're rhinos they're losers uh and they know how to trigger trump and they know how to reach those uh, suburban white women who voted for Trump in 2016. Mm-hmm. Well, my uh, my advice to, to Joe Biden, which he probably won't listen to, is that he uh, reached to the base of the Democratic Party with his nomination, for with his selection for a vice president and pick a black woman. I've been urging him to do that for for a long time. I believe that's the core of the Democratic Party. And uh, I think that uh, unlike Barack Obama, I I alluded to this earlier, who tried to fill a Supreme Court vacancy with a a white man, Merrick Garland, and unlike Hillary Clinton, who picked Tim Kaine to be a running mate, I think that Joe Biden should get smart and uh, select a running mate who would appeal to the base of the Democratic Party, so there'd be an enthusiastic outpouring. It's not just be anti-Trump vote. It would be uh, a, a pro, if, if such a thing is possible, Joe Biden vote or a Biden slash. I know that's just unfathomable to think of people coming out to vote for Joe Biden. Uh, so that's my recommendation, Monroe, for Joe Biden. What's your response? Oh, I... Um... I think it would be a great, great move, except there's going to be great resistance to that. Joe Biden is 78 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he may live throughout the, the term, four-year term. He may not. Even if he does live through it, then that will, he's only going to run that one time. He's already said he's a transitional candidate. So whoever he picks is um, basically being, will basically become the 
uh, president-elect for 2024 because the Republicans are going to be so devastated by all the horrible things Trump has done that um, they, it doesn't matter who they nominate as a candidate. Their candidate is not going to win in 2024. So basically, whoever he chooses, this is my theory, of course. This is political theory. But my theory is that whoever he chooses as his seat will be the 47th president of the United States. Mm. And um, everyone sort of knows it. No one's talking about it, but everyone sort of knows it. And as, as you know, they're pushing Elizabeth Warren, mm -hmm. who, um, if I'd had a magic wand, would have been the candidate this time, not, not Joe Biden. She would have been the candidate. But the problem is that she is in her 70s, as is, is Joe. And they're both from the East Coast, and you have to spread spread it around a little bit. So they need somebody from the West, the South, or the Midwest in that number two spot. Um, there's been talk of uh, serious talk of the the mayor of um, I mean the governor of of uh, Michigan, Whitmer, who's a white woman. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been talk of Klobuchar. Uh, as, as again. And of course, there's Kamala Harris. <laughs> Monroe, I just have to tell you, I said this in the air. I was talking to a, a millennial activist when I mentioned a, Amy Klobuchar as a possible running mate to Joe Biden. This uh, activist started to cry. <laughs> so I mean, I don't mean to laugh at this actress, but it's just like so depressing. To us, burning right. types. No, just to know. Well, I just, I mean, yeah, yeah. A, a, another possibility is the uh, black woman from Florida who was a police. Deming. Yeah, I was. I was on her bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she yeah. did a good job yeah. of of uh, overseeing the prosecution of Trump uh, in the Congress. And of course, there's right. Ka Kamala Harris, which for some reason nobody in this show likes. By the way, uh, you were called out by name. By one of our listeners, Bab, who uh, wrote, uh, put it on my Facebook wall that. Oh yeah, no, Bab and I have, yeah, we, it, we go back and forth in a friendly sort of way, it, you know. Yeah, like, uh, and he and he he noted that a majority of Amer uh, Democrats want Elizabeth Warren on the ticket, uh, and I want a black woman on the ticket, uh, but Elizabeth Warren is a very compelling choice. But your point is that uh, she may be too old. It would right. just put a um, a spotlight on how old the Democrats are. Hey, the Republicans—they're right. uh, uh, not young although, either. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, yeah. And 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 the reality is, you know, if, if I just back up a little bit and be real for real about this, the reality is Trump is his own worst enemy. So uh, we probably could go get Dennis Kucinich. And make him the vice president nominee, <laughs> and they and they still the Democrats still would win. I have a confession to make here, Monroe. Uh, I was yeah. uh, thinking of supporting Dennis Kucinich in two thousand and eight when he was running against. 
Oh, yeah, I liked it, too. I flirted with Kucinich, you might say. Right. You know, I said, any man who marries a woman with a um, uh, earring in her tongue (laughs) can't be all bad. And he was doing that before it was fashionable. All right, uh, Monroe. Right, exactly. He was ahead of his time. <laughs> um, now, we'll close you with the question that many of my guests don't want me to ask them. Uh, well, not many, I should say. But I've had a f- few guests who asked me, don't ask me about Tara Reid, which I find a very interesting right. attitude to take. What, are you just going to pretend right. it doesn't exist? But uh, uh, No, because they have overreacted to the YouTube you me too movement and um we got rid of a very good senator for silly reasons uh al franken and, uh, yeah yeah al franken was a very good and there was no reason to force him to resign but it was an overreaction of the democrats on that um I mean, he didn't get a hearing. He didn't get anything. He just ran him out on a t- tires and set of feathers out of the Senate. And, the, and they've overreacted and overreacted. And, then, and they've watched the Republicans just bulldoze their way through uh, with Kavanaugh, with Trump. You know, it's, it's uh, their people. They, they support them regardless. You know, and, and the Democrats are learning, but they haven't learned. Because if you stop and think about it, uh, neither the governor or um, deputy uh, vice governor in Virginia resigned yeah. following their scandal. When the, when the party was going well, but he did blackface. He got to go. And, uh, and I've forgotten what the... Um, the lieutenant governor did. Not, but he I believe the something. lieutenant governor ha- had some sort of sexual harassment accusation. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, that's it. He had yeah. a sexual harassment. And they just both toughed it out, and it's, it's gone. It's over. That's not being discussed anymore. And so, you know, it's, um, we we Democrats have quit, have got to stop all the hand-wringing and look at the things that are really important and go with that. All right. Well, I'm not sure I agree with everything you're saying. But I feel there should be standards of behavior uh, that politicians... Oh, no, there's, no, there should be standards, but they shouldn't be... Okay, okay let's look at, at, at Tara Reid. She's changed the story several times on what Biden did or didn't do to her. He, 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 he came forth and said, I didn't do it. It wasn't out of this, this Trump stuff where it was like, well, I didn't do it, and if I did, so what? So yeah. Basically, he just said, Biden just said he didn't do it. Um, Kavanaugh, uh, um, the woman who, I've forgotten her name. Woman who Dr. Ford. Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Ford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She went before the Senate um, under oath and told her story. Uh, Tara Reid is not even doing interviews right now where people can question her. So 
my position on this is yes, if when a woman says something happened to her, you should listen to it, you should look into it, but that doesn't mean automatically that she's not lying. What you should do is look to see if she's lying, but um, women have lied on men about being sexually aggressive. For, well, for various reasons, that happens also. Well, I have to say this about Tara Reid and her accusations against Joe Biden. And knowing Democrats the way I do, and probably no Democrat will come on the show and say this, so I'll just say it because I'm always the one getting in trouble. Whether Democrats believe Tara Reid or not, yeah. they're going to vote for Joe Biden because they can't stand Donald Trump. And so the right. issue of trying to get Democratic politicians to respect women and to get elected official and powerful people to respect women uh, is one issue. And then the issue of whether Donald Trump should be defeated is another issue. Right. And Democratic voters, I've talked to a lot of them, men, women, black, white, old, young, Monroe. Right. My, my, my three-year-old grandson wants Trump out. Okay. Well, and almost every Democrat I talk to, uh, they're like, they don't even want to entertain. There's a lot. Now, I, I actually know uh, a few Democrats, I should say, if, a relative handful who want to seriously entertain uh, Tara Reid's accusations, want to want uh, Joe Biden to be, uh, they want to do more digging to see if they, for instance, can find that sexual uh, uh, no, it wasn't even she did, the assault uh, charge or report that she wrote up, and she didn't even mention. I think it was a, a sexual assault attack, or she, she can't remember. She, said she didn't know. She couldn't remember, remember if she put it in the in in the report or not. Yeah. So the, now, if you yeah. have been sexually assaulted by somebody in a, in a court <laughs> in in in, in uh, on Capitol Hill. Where people are moving about all the time, so it's it's um, not the best place if you're going to sexually assault somebody. Seems like you can find a, a more secluded place than that. But if you're going to do it, then and, she, and then she is traumatized about it, um, she would have put it in the report more than likely. Now you know there are there are these situations where women are so traumatized by it that they just try and block it out. But it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird situation with her. And the important thing to remember is she is just one. There are 24, 25, depending on how you want to count them, uh, women charging that they were sexually assaulted or harassed by Trump. Yeah. And he bragged about it on a tape. When he said he could, you could just when he he's a star, so he could just grab him by the pussy. Yeah, and uh, but I will say this: this is not a point to uh, relitigate Al Franken. I did not weep when Al Franken stepped down, uh, and uh, that's a whole issue for another time. But I thought he, we could he, discuss that because I I think that was a mistake. Uh, yeah, we got a good senator in Minnesota now, a woman Tina Smith, is a senator. And uh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, well, so that's the thing is, I, the Democratic bench strength is incredible. 
So, yeah, you're right. So uh, I wasn't weeping for Al Franken. I, I, I'll tell you the truth, uh, Monroe. And I don't think he handled that uh, very well. But that was the ancient history. Let's not relitigate it. Uh, all right, Monroe, we, uh, we should be heading out, closing down the show. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Morning in America, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Uh, uh, it looks like the Republicans are going to try to teach those hand-wringing, we go high when they go low <laughs> Democrats how to play the game. I hope they're paying attention. Don't you, Monroe? Oh, yeah. And and for those out there who are listening to your podcast, if they haven't heard the ad, you can Google it. Morning in America and see the entire thing. And there will be more. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, just one quick thing. The Morning in America is a play off of Reagan's Morning in America ad. Right. Right. Where he was all bright and sunshiny about how great things were going to be under his, his his leadership. Yep. It's a further way of distinguishing Donald Trump from, quote, unquote, real Republicans. That's what the game right. is all about. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. Play. It's a play on words. Okay. All right. So all right, um, talk to you soon. Take okay? care. Stay safe, Monroe. The great Monroe Anderson uh, comes on the show. Once a week, sometimes yeah. he missed. Last week he took off, uh, but uh, and there was politics. that one time last year where he went to Hollywood or something like that. Right? Yeah, he was in California. Oh, yeah. One time he called us uh, from a payphone, I think. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, what the, year was that podcast on? <laughs> I'm calling from a payphone. Hello, it's me from 1950. <laughs> um, that was a good interview you with Monroe there. Uh, you know, maybe there's some people listening out there who are on the fence about riding with Biden, and maybe they're uh, you know. Riding with Biden. Let's uh, go to the live stream chat here. Brent weighed in. Brent says, oh, still not voting for Biden. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> got a ways to go, I guess, huh? He's a tough one, all right? We, we still got to November to win him over. Maybe tough. Oh, I don't know. And, I don't, it won't help if they put Amy Klobuchar. Oh, I don't think that'll bring Brent. Oh, Amy Klobuchar, that ought to bring him over. <laughs> On, uh, ben, uh, you know, the bad news just keeps coming here. We kind of saw this one coming. We knew it would happen. Last week we talked about how uh, Ravinia is closed down for the season. Holy cow, you should have seen Ben after the show. <laughs> he was he was drinking whiskey after the show. I heard was about drinking Ravinia. whiskey, yes. A lot of it. He was very depressed about it. <laughs> ben, get uh, the booze out because uh, I got more bad no. news here. What? Pitchfork Festival has been canceled. I know you're looking at going. I know you and all those hipsters at oh, Logan Square. Oh no, man! I know Pitchfork canceled. Damn. Wait, uh, Pitchfork's the one in Union Park, right? Yeah, it's the one that was kind of by the Sun Times. Yeah, right, Union right there Park. By the Cobra that's what's Lounge. called Union Park. There's another one that's in Douglas Park. I forget the name of that one. Yeah. Bunch of hipsters get together. I, well, well, sorry I, for them, sorry man. for the bad news. Oh, you, you feel sorry for them, but <laughs> let's be honest. You love Pitchfork, so. Sorry, Ben. What's the group that you say I like, but I just can't remember their name? It's like some hipster Arctic group. Monkeys? Oh, yeah, man. Will the monkeys be playing here, man? Oh, uh, the Arctic Monkeys? No, they were so 2018. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> oh, man, I'm really feeling bad about Pitchfork. But, I, listen, man, I'm going to show some love for the Pitchforkians who love Pitchfork. Hey, sorry, guys, man. I know. I feel it because they, they canceled Geezer Fest at uh, Taste of Chicago. So I know what it's like, okay? They... Geezer Fest, man. The yeah. Isley Brothers, the OJs. Schedule that uh, pitchfork this year. Uh, run the Jewels. The National. 
And uh, Ben, your favorite, the yeah, yeah, yeahs. Wait, the... <laughs> you made that up. No, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The nationals or the free nationals? Well, it's the national. There's no S at the end. Oh. The national. Okay, I've heard of a group called... I think they're called the free nationals. Oh, yeah, your wife loves the free nationals. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and that's not them. This is the national. Oh, okay. Pitchfork canceled. Sorry, hipsters. Uh, <laughs> uh, and what about the alligator? Are they going to bring the alligator back for the hipsters? They, they kept oh, them entertained. They, in their dreams, <laughs> they wish they'd get that alligator uh, back. God, that was hipster heaven last summer. They love that alligator. <laughs> That was good times. Oh, wait, hold on. We have a hipster here to talk about it. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Ah. Uh, what a... That guy was going to pitch... He was supposed to go to pitch for Oh, he's here. devastated. No pitch for I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. But, but he did see the yeah, yeah, yeahs, man. All right. <laughs> ben, what's your favorite yeah, yeah, yeah song? Uh... I love with I love their cover of um, Cool Jerk. Cool Jerk, come on, people. Cool Jerk, can you dig it? Can you dig it? I actually like the National. Okay, I think the show's over today. You're gonna play some Nationals? Did you say? No, I said I actually oh. like the National. I like that band. They're pretty good. Blood, right. uh, Bud, Buzz, uh, well, here's what I'm Blood gonna... Buzz, Ohio. Great song. Uh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna listen to them tonight. And get back to you tomorrow. Maybe it'll be the song of the day. How about that? Huh? No. Okay. By the way, if you're listening on the live stream and you're gonna join us tomorrow, get on the live stream early and request a song, a song of the oh, day God. for Benny J to sing. Uh, we tr we did the first one today. Went pretty well. Yeah. So let's keep it going. Get to the live stream chat early. Early bird catches the uh, worm. You know yeah. what I mean? Get up early, chop some wood, smoke a, uh, a joint, and come on and make a recommendation. Great show. Get thanks. on the convoy or whatever Ben says. Uh, and uh, thanks to Monroe and thanks to the young man from Alton. Man, the myth, the legend, without whom the show would not be possible. Back home at Alton, as Monroe Anderson can tell you, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hey, and everybody. There's more Ben Jarofsky show to come today, all right? You just have to download it. Both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else. You download your favorite podcast. If you're downloading, you already know that. So I'm going to encourage you to check out the Ben Jarofsky show live. Yeah, that's right. We're on YouTube Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. Hear the awkward things that I edit out. It's always fun. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm not a doctor. Let's begin with phase one. That's correct. I'm not a doctor. <laughs>